I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. I'm pushed. Me three. Yep. I'm glowing. Hmm. Is that how we're going to start today? Me three. <laughs> That's about right. Decidedly downer intro, Andy. A fine morning. Saturday matinee to you, too. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. <laughs> All right, everybody, we've got a guest star, Eeyore, here on the show this morning. Steve, when did Andy show up? I hardly ever notice him. <laughs> Ouch. I see what you did there, and I don't like it. It hurt. Uh, Steve is outdoor casting because Arizona right now, it is 51 degrees and rainy, and my wife and daughter are about to get in the car and drive an hour to go sit outside all day at a swim meet. What do you think about that? In the rain. Wait, an outdoor yeah. swim meet? Yeah. Don't, you, don't you have construction there that allows you to build buildings that you can put pools inside well, of? Well, that's fairly recent. <laughs> Okay. This one is still dug out of just mud. It's just a hole in the ground. It's an unfinished. <laughs> it's more of a pond it's swim meet than pond. anything else. The coach always starts with, now remember, kids, don't open your mouths. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that glistening oil slick over there, yeah, stay right. away from that. That's taking out a few swimmers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm, Oregon. Uh, how's your movie lives? Uh, what's the latest? It's been, it was slightly productive this week. I got a few documentaries out of the way. I think those reviews uh, showed up in several. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Netflix is like becoming my go-to place for these documentaries that I never knew I wanted to watch. Never knew I needed. No, exactly. It's like, it's apparently my Netflix 
you know, recommendations are now like, you know, stand up comedian shows or documentaries. Uh, that's that's what I'm getting there now. I don't know why it's doing that, but that's what it's throwing at me. So yeah, I I got to see uh, one that I it, just the title intrigued me um, because I I'd never heard of bathtubs over Broadway. And it's a interesting. It, it it caught me with this concept of you know in the trailer or preview of like oh there's this whole like secret industry that was going on and nobody knows about these things and we were never meant to learn about these things and now we're discovering them I'm like what are, what are they talking about but it's the this you know industrial Broadway type things that they used to do is like big uh you know like they get the whole sales team together and they would do these things as like motivational inspirational new product line rollouts and but you had people like Florence Henderson and Martin Short that actually performed in these things back in the 70s and 80s uh but it was it's it's really fun if you like that whole Broadway thing uh and enjoy musicals i think people might really like that so it was a pleasant surprise there on on Netflix well, I saw the um, the post that you did about it, and then I read the synopsis because I'm like, "What is this crazy thing that yeah. he's looking at?" And uh, yeah, it's it's something I had never heard of either. It sounded really interesting, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm it certainly has piqued my curiosity. And apparently, it paid really well. There are people that you know they made their living doing this for you know decades because yeah. this spanned from the late '50s up through the mid '80s, and you if you got in on this because i guess it was sort of like soap operas you had to like memorize everything really fast you'd do the show like once or twice and then it was on to the next thing and you had to like learn your lines and everything quickly and if you could do that they paid well so there was that and then uh let's see oh yeah john wick three you know john wick three last weekend I'm embarrassed thing. to say that I haven't seen it yet. What? I know. What? Both of you? It's been a crazy, well, crazy yeah, you, know, you know, Steve, this is what you do to me. You say, well, you really can't watch it until you've rewatched the first two. I'm like, well, hell, I guess I'll have to wait till it's out digitally because I have no it, no time to go rent the previous well, two. It, it, so. I'd say the, the second one because that's where the, the universe sort of expands and you get larger, you know, scope of... The, the whole assassins community. And so if you're not up to speed on that, or you don't recall, you may lose some of the references and say, well, wait, who is this guy? What's going on with this? But it's still a whole heck of a lot of fun. It's, it's possible. I will be watching them back to back today with my son. Since oh. my daughter and wife are oh. going to be at the swim meet. Yeah. It's possible. Fine. That's are you, are you really, now. my daughter was invited to, to watch it. The first one at the oh. neighbor's house. And we're like, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am. I'm Sorry. not saddled with such no. parental. Yeah, I know you don't yeah. have those restraints. Same mental dilemmas. And, I do. and Pete, just warning: the third one, in an audience full of adults, there were lots of like, oh, ah, oh, mm-hmm. groans of anguish from some of the the brutality. So it's it's fun and intense, but. Yeah, you, you got to be ready for it. All right. You got to be ready for noted. some 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 squirming in your seat for some of these <laughs> He's things. He's like noted, noted, and disregarded. Brain, <laughs> exactly, that's fine. That's fine. All I heard was fun. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all you need to know. That's right. Uh, oh, let's so see, funny. Andy. You see anything good this week? Well, you know, now that I'm not uh, having to plan uh, five <laughs> Iron Man shows a week. <laughs> I have been able to jump back in. I'm not quite on my old bandwagon, but I certainly have had a busy week this past week. So, so to that extent, it's been good, you know. And also, this weekend here in Phoenix, it's the Phoenix uh, Fan Fusion, which is the new name for um, the Phoenix Comic Con, which they can't use anymore because San Diego Comic Con sued everybody who used the name, and they all had to change it. And so now it's called Phoenix Fan Fusion, which is one of the stupidest names in the world. But is it? That's what we've got. So that's going on this weekend, and I'm actually on a panel, uh, which should be fun. We're talking about kind of the the birth of uh, superhero uh, movies in kind of this modern franchise world, and we're looking at the movies from Superman in 1978 up through X-Men in 2000. And so I've been doing a lot of uh, watching and rewatching of some some pretty bad and some pretty awesome uh, superhero 
and comic book based films like Flash Gordon and uh, Swamp Thing, Return of the Swamp Thing. Uh, Tim Burton's Batman. I finally watched Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher. <laughs> you know, all sorts. I, that of was that classics. was not good. The Punisher. That it was, was not, not good. good. It really was. Sorry, not good. Dolph. No, <laughs> no. That and Howard the Duck were probably the two low points in my viewing experience. My high point, um, weirdly, I mean, as much as I enjoyed like Batman and uh, the X Men films, my high point was I watched Flash Gordon with my son and a couple of his friends. And as soon as the movie ended, and I mean, it's a fine movie. I had a fun time with it. It's it's campy and it's really, they do a good job of creating the world. But my son, one of his friends looked at, uh, you know, they were talking after, I'm like, do you guys like the movie? And they're like, oh, that was awesome. And one of his friends looked at me and goes like, they're definitely going to make a sequel to that one. <laughs> hey, they still could. They still could. Oh, yeah, they still could or a remake or whatever. You never know. But I just loved the the passion he had with it. So that's awesome. Oh, it's a, it's a, <laughs> so it's a classic in, in our house. It, just because of the, the Queen score. And my kids have been trained that if anyone ever says flash, it must immediately be followed by, ah, uh, yeah, as you do. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what you do uh-huh. when you talk about that movie. Yeah. So, so funny. much fun. But yeah, otherwise it's been a pretty, pretty good week of, of movie watching and just catching up on some other things. I, so. I had some, some catch up here too. I, I caught, it was a guilty pleasure catch up week. Uh, if, if you'll note from my diary, I started with skyscraper. The uh, Dwayne The Rock yes. Johnson towering diehard Inferno. And it is a solid two star with a giant heart. Yes. <laughs> it's not a good movie. And I loved it. Uh, <laughs> I did uh, I did Game Night, which was kind of middle of the road. I'd set my expectations probably way too high for that movie. I love those people. And I felt like the jokes were were didn't live up to the cast. Um, and so I had to follow that up with a palate cleanser, The Hangover, which is one of my favorites of the of the genre and uh so that was that was good ended up watching finishing that one and uh, and then we did how to train your dragon do you watch that one with your do you, you introduce know your kids i just to that finished one? it on my own i introduced my daughter to it and then she had to go do a thing and couldn't finish it with me and so oh, i okay. um i finished it because i love it and uh you know i'm sure we'll do it again and then we did the the third How Good. to Train Your Dragon, you which is uh, you know true to form, a beautiful, beautiful movie uh, that with a terrible, dumb villain that I just didn't, I wasn't crazy. I don't think their their whole cat and mouse villain thing lived up to the rest of the series. Um, so, uh, but I thought it was just adorable and beautiful to look at, and uh, the score as it, it's just exceptional. So there's a lot of great stuff going on in that movie. That uh, so it was a good it was a good week. It was a good week. Cool. Uh, yeah. Nice. I'm trying to. I'm trying to catch up. I'm watching less TV. I'm trying to be more Andy, less Pete for a little while, so I can check some of these things off my list. And it's killing me. I haven't watched any of Star Trek season two uh, or Discovery season two, which is a, a real tragedy. Um, I hear it's such a roller coaster. And now they have. Uh, we finally got our first. I'm going to call it an official teaser of Star Trek Picard. Uh, what'd you think, Steve? I know you're excited about this. Oh, no, the whole family's excited about yeah. this. I, yeah, I, it didn't give us anything. It's a pure teaser, but the fact that it's happening and we're going to have this through CBS access, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm very excited about it. It's, uh, makes me want to go back and watch the last season of Next Generation again because just that arc of, yeah. of Picard and, and the tail end of the, the finale of the se- of the series was amazing. It was. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Talk about a show that just ended on a high note. Yes. Well planned. Yeah. Very, very well planned. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it looks just beautiful and the whole idea of trying to come to terms with why he left Starfleet. I think that just, just a it is such a perfect teaser um, you know, that kind of, it, it just, I, I couldn't help but think of Logan, you know what I mean? As I'm ending this yes. him in yeah. it, it just has that sort of tone. Uh, so we'll see, uh, how well it does. I can't wait. I, I have to, I have a little bit of follow-up after our conversation last week about fandom and fan outcry. 
Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I don't want to talk about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog per se. I'm not crazy about this movie. But have you seen the news? Because I know you both have news alerts about Sonic the Hedgehog and because of your excitement about it. Have you heard what's going on with Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, it's getting pushed oh, yes. back. It's getting pushed back next year. Why is it getting yeah. pushed back? Because the fans rose up and uh, about the character design. In this case, I agree with the fans. If you're going to make a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, make yeah. it look like Sonic. That it was like, what the heck are they doing? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, they definitely really they leaned in on Alien and not hedgehog right not <laughs> no, they, well they leaned in on how do we make a cartoon <laughs> how do we make star. a cartoon yeah. look like it's in the real world and so we have to we can't we're removing all the cartoonish aspects of this cartoon character and that's the that's the problem i think they went with hey look at what worked with superhero movies instead of being cartoonish we're going to make them you know rooted in reality so let's give this creature like real teeth and uh, yeah it just it uncanny valley creep zone is where they ended up unfortunately well rooted in yeah. reality i mean at least like detective pikachu yes. did rooted in reality but made the characters look like yes. the actual characters oh, yes. I, yeah that's the problem yeah. that i have with with this one and i mean i i've played sonic yeah. before and i mean i'm not really a fan my son is but i mean i i don't know i i don't disagree with the fans on this one this is just a decision that i, I feel like if they had done a yeah. few focus groups, yes. then people probably would have told them long before <laughs> yes. they had to release a trailer that you did it wrong. Well, that's that's fair. I just it, it is one of the and I guess it's I guess there is a difference. We'll say this between the changing the film before it comes out and changing the film after, I guess. Is that is that what we're saying here? It's OK yeah. for for fan backlash to to have them go back to the drawing board before they release it versus you know what we screwed up we're gonna you never know because to... i mean look at like i mean this is a an obscure one but or not obscure but just it recently in my memory look at michael keaton and the casting decision in batman people were up in arms back in the late 80s because they cast a comedian to play batman and they thought it was it was an awful idea yeah. it ended up working out really well in their favor so it can it can work you know it's just one of these things where i think there are times where the creative people actually have made a decision that is risky, but it's a good decision. And I just, th I don't know. Personally, I think in the case of Con uh, of Sonic, they made a risky decision that was bad in context of of the character. And I just, I think it would have been a disaster if they had released okay, it that so way. Okay, so insofar as I think it's it's silly, that's that's separate because I'm not a fan of Sonic, and I'm looking at Sonic and. <laughs> I don't I I need you to explain to me what people are upset about uh, because I don't I see that I, I don't get what people are upset about with the character design. I legitimately don't. This is not me trolling. What what is it that is wrong with the character of Sonic the way they designed him in the film? He's like a long like a tall, long, lanky track yeah. star. Like, you know, he runs a lot. So they didn't make him a, a squat pudgy little sonic hedgehog thing they just made him this like tall character that has long running legs and i don't know it just looked really stupid okay yeah i, I mean i think you know andy's right on point when he said if they had done some focus groups and maybe they did and they didn't have the right people in those groups they didn't they, <laughs> question one wasn't are you a fan of sonic the hedgehog yes or no to make sure they're keyed into oh these are people that are invested in this film and will are, who we're directing this towards didn't filter for that and then just you know said oh here's this character people are like oh okay whatever it's a kid's you know video game movie we don't care uh, mm -hmm. so I, I think that it's because it's before release you could say this is a delayed focus group feedback that they're responding to versus being disappointed yeah. afterwards and saying oh wait we the fans are demanding that they redo the story because they didn't like the fact that you know he was tall and Jim Carrey looks creepy or whatever. Well, I, uh, whatever you think about their decision yeah. to push back, oh, yeah. I have to give massive credit to Jeff Fowler, whose response to this whole thing was just, uh, was, was gentlemanly. Uh, thank you for your support and the criticism. The message is on clear. You aren't happy with the design and you want changes. It's going to happen. Everyone at Paramount and Sega are fully committed to making the character the best he can be. 
I would not have probably been so genteel. Well, I'm sure that was not. His no, first I know. Draft. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you write it, then you wait a day, <laughs> then you delete it, and then you write it again. Uh, and and maybe that's the movie I want to see: is Jeff Fowler trying to respond to the angry mob. Um, so I'm honestly surprised that Sega let it get to this point because it in context of these these properties you think that they would do everything they could to kind of retain the the kind of the constant look that that character has had Mm -hmm. that to me is the biggest surprise in the whole thing and they clearly care about it i mean they're continuing to develop the the property on new platforms releasing it in other places like this is the return of of sonic this is these are the halcyon days of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> uh, in in better news, at least to my ear, Taika Waititi oh, is, yes. got a summer release, summer twenty twenty one for his live action Akira uh, remake. What do you think? Yeah, hmm. exactly. Did you, did you know this was coming? <laughs> Seems like an odd choice to handle that property. <laughs> I thought so too. Oh, and, and it's being produced by Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way Productions, and he's he's taking a, a, a executive producer credit, I believe. And I think that's funny too. That uh, that's less funny to me than the director choice, because I mean the producer. Uh, well, it's it's you know I, I guess it speaks to the decisions you know he may be making mm-hmm. in, in picking mm-hmm. the director. I don't know. I feel like there have been a lot of other names bandied about as far as um, people interested in directing it. And I, I don't know. It just seems like a really strange one. I just don't look at Akira as a comedic property. And I feel like Taika Waititi is a comedic director. And I have a hard time meshing the two. And I know he can probably do other things, but I just haven't seen it. But, I mean, he he has the comic aspect. But, you know, Andy, you, you look at Hunt for the Wilder People and it has its comic moments, but it does have more heart to it and you've you've got that potential there and even his it, i went back because i was really excited about hunt for the wilder people i wanted to see what else he had done while i was waiting for ragnarok and so i tracked down the library his film from 2010 boy which is really good it's a, a great like family movie uh you know about this 11 year old child and his his fandom for Michael Jackson, but also his absentee criminal father that has come back. And it's it's an interesting family dynamic. So I know he can handle more serious stuff. I like that he'll perhaps have a lighter touch to Akira because some of that, some anime stuff can get just so heady in, you know, big philosophical statements like Ghost in the Shell and, and what if, I think failure that was and trying to translate that into live action. So I'm hoping he's able to to manage the story, but still keep a balance to it is is what I'm hoping for this this project. I'm not going to expect an actual like literal at straight you know translation of the anime to live action. I'm hoping it, it it's the similar story, but that he makes it its own because I think that's going to be the best way to translate that into live action. Kevin Feige came out and said in an interview when asked how closely will the Disney Plus shows line up with the the MCU the because he had initially said last month that that shows will have ramifications throughout the film franchise uh and and that was you know we talked a little bit about that you know how that worked with Agents of Shield in the first and second seasons and and um, uh so he did a Reddit AMA this week and said uh, uh you know when asked how will the Disney Plus shows weave into the films his answer was short uh he said totally and completely so that's good yeah that sounds that sounds promising it sounds promising for what i wanted out of agents of shield all along that's a good thing yeah yeah uh link to the amas in the show notes oh okay i have one more i have one more that i thought about just just okay. one more it's Go very ahead. brief do you hear what harrison ford said when asked what he thought who he thought should play the next indiana jones yes i did hear that and i think he's abs- he's absolutely <laughs> right well, I didn't he hear said, "When I'm gone, yeah. he's gone." Yep. There's. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. 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 Indiana Jones is not James Bond. Indiana That's Jones right. is Harrison Ford. I am. That's a very interesting uh, contractual <laughs> thing that apparently he's trying to instar- instill. The uh, yeah. uh, clearly he didn't have the same pool with Han Solo. Right. No. <laughs> right. 
Although I have heard, just this is a random thing, I have heard that, uh, speaking of Solo, that yeah. it has such a growing fan base that are pushing that's, for a Solo right. sequel. Well, I'd, I'd be okay yeah. with that. I enjoyed Solo. Yeah. I liked. I watched it again recently, and I liked it more. Right. I, I, It's one that I, I think I fluctuate with, because I feel like it's you know somewhat forgettable, but I do find it fun to yeah. watch. So I think it, uh, sure, why not? Yeah. You know? Oh, and I'm all for it. And speaking of resurrecting like dead franchises or franchises that some people might wish were dead or, or not going anywhere, I know Ridley Scott recently said that uh, he that he's working on new Alien movies with this franchise and and taking it in a different direction. And what he talked about was he he thinks it it the stories that are told need to morph into something different, not just oh you know alien bursting out of the chest and death and then killing the monster. Uh, he said that's what they were trying to do with like Prometheus by leaving the monster till the end, the alien till the end of, of trying to tell stories in a different way. I don't know how much is backpedaling on all that, but at least he's exploring telling something different in that universe, at least is what he's stating at this time. Which I think is, I think is all yeah. great as long as it's, you know, Yes. <laughs> as long as the audience is good is with you, you know, oh, yeah. I feel like part part of what was movies, had, had yeah. it been, you, you know, when you find out that this is an alien movie, you expect it to be an alien movie. And yes. that's that. But the gap between what he wanted to do and what we expected is is where a lot of the problem happened. Yes, exactly. And he's he's trying to say <laughs> this is. This is quite a statement, but he said, you know, the basically the pinnacle of everything started with the first one. And he said, there's there's only ever the one. He said, it's like trying to do a sequel to 2001. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Don't, I love Alien. <laughs> I love the first one. It, it is one of my top films of all time. To say it's like 2001 and you can't do a sequel to it is a bit too far on that one. <laughs> I, I kind of like the sequel to 2001. <laughs> oh! I was going to say, clearly, clearly the 2001 people didn't exactly. hear that either. Right. <laughs> okay. That's funny. All right. Yeah. What do we have? Uh, let's do some trailers. Where let's do, we, do it. Who's, who's going Do we have any rules? Um, no, I don't think we have any. Any rules on this? Rules. Who needs rules? rules. Not rules. Andy. Andy's got the rule book right next to him. I don't know. I make yes. the rules and I break well, what, the rules. You know what? That's, that's my we, role we here. We were talking about Mar Marvel and you were talking about going in and exploring, you know, superhero, film, superhero films from the 70s. Why don't you go first? Because you've got a superhero thing here that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I... I have this movie. I really don't think it's going to be a good one, <laughs> but but I love the idea and I love the whole concept. Uh, you know, I had such a great time with uh, Bubba Hotep when that oh, film yes. came out. I thought that the, that the team behind it clearly they were having fun with this idea of a, of a kind of a retired uh, uh, Elvis uh, paired with a JFK who has been. <laughs> Died black. Um, it was in a senior citizen home uh, trying to stop an ancient evil. I thought that was such a fun idea for a movie. <laughs> it wasn't perfect, but it's a blast to watch. And I think uh, Coscarelli and the team really had fun with it. This movie might have the potential to have some of that fun. I don't know. It also kind of looks really stupid. <laughs> and he's really selling it. I want, I know I am, but I really want to give them. Um, the benefit of the doubt because it might have some fun moments. This is the film supervised with a Z with a Z I should say, cause it's a, a UK film. Uh, Steve Barron, writer, director. Uh, actually, I don't know if he's the writer on it, but uh, it is a film that is about a group of aging superheroes in a retirement home in Ireland who um, kind of, Similar to the other one, they they find something happening, some um, evil happening. In this case, uh, the trailer does kind of give it away. It sounds like the uh, the lady who runs the home is trying to steal the powers from the supers to become the mega super. And these four aging supers in this uh, retirement home have to come together for one last hurrah. Uh, these are, <laughs> of course... <laughs> 
I, I actually I have to open I have to open it somewhere else because the on on Wikipedia I mean on uh, on IMDb they of course don't give me their fantastic superhero names which I really want to make sure we emphasize because they are fantastic <laughs> the different names that these characters have um, uh, where is it I'll find it but right now it's uh, we've got uh, Tom Berenger. We've got uh, Fionula Flanagan, Louis Gossett Jr., and Bo Bridges as the four um, supers who are trying to stop this lady. And yeah, I, I, it, I, part of me just think it looks really fantastic. Then I look at their super suits, oh. and I'm like, oh boy, those look like they were made out of felt by mm-hmm. kindergarten class. <laughs> I, like, they didn't sell me at all on these uh, on these little things. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this one, but I, I want to believe that it's going to be something special. Uh, I don't know. But yeah, so we have um, Tom Berenger is Maximum Justice. Bo, Bo Bridges is Shimmy. Fionula Flanagan is the Madeira Moonlight. And uh, Louis Gossett Jr. is Total Thunder. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect, but... I still, I still couldn't f- help but chuckle as I watch this. So, what do you guys think? Um, <laughs> I, it, that, well, it, to me, I my first reaction looking at the the superhero outfits and everything, I thought, oh, yeah, we're in a different world where it's still in this cartoonish land. But it feels so. It, to me, it reminded me of very much like late '90s approach to doing superhero film, sort of like Mystery Men or something like that, which is still a lot of fun. Um, yeah, the concept is really intriguing. It, it, it's like uh, Red with superheroes, right? We've got the aging, mm-hmm. retired folks coming back. Right, so yeah. I, I want it. I want this to be fun. I, I want to have a good time with this. And I think it's a film that exactly. isn't taking itself too seriously. And so the audience shouldn't take it too seriously. I think if you can, if, if it's executed well, this should be a lot of fun. So I, I am looking forward to something just frivolous and fun and light. Well, and if nothing else, I'm giving you and JJ a oh, really yeah. fun oh, option it, to totally. put on your <laughs> yes. trailer oh, rewind. <laughs> I think it's great to to see Tom Berger here. Like, I get the feeling like his character in this home for superheroes is feeling similarly to him, the person being mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that a few times too. And uh, yeah, he, I, I think he's, I think he's great. And I've, I've, I've missed seeing him in, in stuff. I don't know if I'm going to see him in this, but it looks, I, I'm with you. Like there is a chance that the felt first grade superhero suits, uh, are of a piece with the the movie and that I and that it actually adds to it. I hope that is the thing. I hope that we're all laughing along with it and not at it because it has I, I feel like it has real opportunity um, to to be genuinely heartwarmingly funny. Uh, but uh, I, I, too, am, am a bit nervous. Louis Gossett Jr. Come on. That's a get. <laughs> <Wait for this. laughs> well, supervised. Uh, it's going to open limited release and uh, VOD starting July nineteenth. So uh, check it out and let us know what you think. <laughs> All right, Steve. All right. Okay. Uh, so my trailer isn't brand new. I think it was released a week or two ago, and I I stumbled across this and. It's the story of a military veteran that hunts the men who kidnapped her son. Which, okay, that's one thing. We, there's a lot of these sort of like straight-to-video films like this, but it's the cast of this one that really drew me in. Uh, because as your as your big bad, your tough guy is is Richard Dreyfus, and I'm like, okay, the, where I haven't seen him in forever, so he's he's gonna play this role. There's something he's gonna chew this one up, but it's it's our lead. It's Gina Carano, who I just fell in love with in Haywire, the Soderbergh film, where she's you know sort of a an assassin. She's like a former M- MMA fighter, and just her being a badass in this film is something that. I think is going to be a lot of fun. It's all, it's like the opposite of John Wick. Instead of being in the city, she's out in the wilderness hunting and tracking these guys down that have, have taken her son. And it's something that it, I'm looking forward to the stunts and the fights and all of this. There's, 
probably not a whole lot to this story, but that's not what I'm going to this for. Uh, this is a film I'm going to go see for the, the awesome action and outdoor scenery. And it's called Daughter of the Wolf. And I, as I shared with Pete and Andy, and Pete, you can put it in the show notes, there's a great short film called The Cub about a, a, a girl that is raised by wolves. And I thought this is the natural sequel to that. Daughter of the Wolf. You get trained by wolves. You get to be a badass. You fight to protect your son when he gets taken by bad guys. Um, <laughs> August 2nd. August 2nd, 2019. Is this going to be a big theatrical release? No. This will be something JJ and I watch on a trailer rewind because I will be surprised if this plays in a lot of theaters. But I'm going to have fun with this. I feel it. I'm hopeful. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus, you guys. Too. Richard Dreyfus. What Richard Dreyfus is uh, is playing the the part of uh, uh, Captain Overdrive or what <laughs> Maximum Overdrive in Supervised. What is he doing in this movie? Like, does he have nothing else to do at this time? I think it's it, there is uh, okay. First, it it's we need more movies with women protagonists that are like women Rambo. We yeah. need more movies like that. And this movie, like this trailer because Gina Carano is such an enormously physical actress like this this trailer i think looks uh most sort of authentic to the to the the heyday of you know Stallone Schwarzenegger oh yeah um, uh, we'll say Lundgren generously. Um, sure, even right the, even the Liam 80s. Neeson nowadays, right? I mean, yeah, right, Liam yeah. Neeson, and it's like we we need more of these kinds of things, yeah. and so th- I absolutely celebrate that. Uh, I I I don't know if this is. I'm I'm with you. Like this is not going to be a movie you watch for for the story because it doesn't appear like there's much in the trailer that's that's leading me and and yeah. provoking me to, to <laughs> want to see it for the drama uh and mostly i mean if if i see it out of curiosity for uh, richard dreyfus's uh role great i wonder just how many minutes of of screen time he has in this movie it's all in the trailer it's all in the trailer i think it's all in the trailer <laughs> that's my hunch yeah yeah, I mean, I you know, for a trailer last week, I brought kind of a romantic comedy that, that that looked like it had some interesting things that could work because of the the characters and the I, I liked what they were doing with it. It looked pretty standard yeah. as far as rom coms go, but it's still kind of I don't yeah. know it caught my eye. I feel like this falls into the same camp for you, where you know I don't see anything special in it. It looks like it looks like the last Liam Neeson movie where he was in the wilderness trying to stop people, um, which I can't even remember the name <laughs> of. That's how much it impressed me. Exactly. Um, so I, you know, and Gina Carano, I think she's fine, but I, there's nothing special. I haven't seen anything with her that I find interesting. So, you know, I it's it looks like it could be, you know, a little more than kind of a straight up action movie, but not much. So it's probably not something I will check out. Okay. She was she was angel dust, man. Deadpool. That that, that means nothing Deadpool. to me. I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking oh, about when you say that. God. Okay. Well, of all of y'all, yeah. <laughs> I'm most excited about my trailer. Uh, which is, <laughs> which is uh, a new film from uh, writer-director Riley Stearns. Love me some Riley uh, Stearns. I was yes. going to say, Steve, please, uh, you shall begin the ovation. Uh, this is The Art of Self-Defense. Uh, I, uh, man, I feel, <laughs> I felt such a weird and unfortunate connection with Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> character in this movie. Uh, and that's a that's saying uh, probably too much. Uh, I think he plays, he's attacked at random on the street. And so he goes to his local dojo and uh, meets up with a new sensei to learn how to defend himself. He wants to become what he fears. And so this is Jesse Eisenberg's uh, journey to become, um, you know, a a karate fighting, I guess, Mark Zuckerberg. How about that? The circle is now complete. Uh, uh, It's a fantastic cast. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg uh, obviously is the lead, but Imogene Poots is in this and and Alessandro Nivola as the sensei. Uh, uh, and it is, it's got that sort of weird um, uh, kind of pacing of the dialogue. Uh, it's, it's unnatural and yet s- sort of supernatural. Uh, and it's already out of 137 votes. Those who've seen it at festivals uh, already bring it as to a 7.2 on the IMDb six-star scale. That's great news for this off 
the wall comedy that definitely pushes my buttons. What do you guys think? Oh, I'm I'm excited about this because I'm I'm excited to see Riley Stern's back. JJ and I talked about his prior film Faults back in 2017. It was our last mm-hmm. uh, trailer rewind. Uh, his film Faults, which blew us away. Uh, he's also the one that wrote and directed that fabulous short, The Cub. Uh, he his tone is he. He can make you sort of feel uncomfortable and awkward really well. Uh, and I think that comes through in the, the trailer. So I'm really, really looking forward to this one because it's an interesting exploration of what it means, you know, to be a man, to, to defend yourself, to, you know, all of these issues in an era of like toxic masculinity. I'm really intrigued with what, uh, what he's going to be, you know, trying to say with this film. And I just think. It, great casting in here jesse eisenberg uh i think this is perfect role for him and i'm really looking forward to to this when it comes out yeah this one looks it it, it piques my curiosity certainly i thought faults was a really interesting uh film to look at with some strong performances at its foundation Uh, and this one looks like it could fall into that same camp it does have that that uh kind of off uh, kind of uh, off-center comedic tone running through it, which, you know, I, I've seen some films where that works really well, some films where it doesn't quite, I, I don't quite jive with it. I In this one, I think I mostly jived with it. I, I think that it could actually be a pretty interesting uh, movie to check out. So it, it certainly... Um, drew me in, and I'm curious about uh, checking this one out. Well, if you hit South by Southwest, you might have seen it in March. If you hit the Chicago Critics Film Festival, you might have seen it just uh, on the 19th, just a few days ago. If you really want to see it, it looks like it's getting a wider release July 12th, uh, so coming right up uh, in a couple months. In the USA, I have no uh, release dates for other, other countries, so... Uh, be on the lookout. I'm hoping it gets a wider release because I I think it looks really funny and dark and it makes me cry. So <laughs> there you go. Do you get your groceries yes. stolen uh, in the parking exactly. lot? Exactly. Your car cry about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Now we're on to the list. Time for the mm-hmm. lists. So uh, we're looking at uh, George Cukor's 1944 film Gaslight this week, and uh, we decided to uh, you know have as one of our options films in which someone gets gaslit, and uh, that one kind of uh, stole the show. Everyone wanted us to talk about that. So here we are talking about movies in which somebody gets gaslit. Mm-hmm. Was this a was this a hard one for you? was hard for me to think of movies where it happened, but a few searches on the internet, I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can see that. And so it, it, once I kind of got into the flow, yeah. it ended up being a little easier. It, it, for me, it was one of those where I, uh, you know, now that we've sort of, uh, thrown ourselves into the concept of gaslighting, I start looking at these movies where gaslighting is obviously happening and it makes me sad. To think about, like, this is really manipulative behavior in this lightweight romantic comedy, for example. Like, what are we doing to each other (laughs) as humanity? This is terrible behavior. And uh, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have to turn off my brain for a little bit. So, yeah, I I struggled with when it's gaslighting versus whether you're just like conning somebody. So I did some searching, like what, what really is at the heart of gaslighting and the definition that came up with out of some articles said that many common forms of manipulation are about getting our own way, like gaming the system. Whereas gaslighting is simply about controlling someone else. So that sort of helped me focus a little bit. Cause I thought, Oh, just being deceptive and, and tricking somebody isn't really gaslighting. So how, so I was trying to get to the root of that, manipulating piece which at first was a bit of a struggle but i i think i came up with a pretty good list on this one but we'll we'll see i don't know i have a feeling there's going to be some steals maybe some double steals in here i'm i'm worried about and there may same. be somewhere we end up yeah, like eh, is yeah, that not really eh, well, we'll all right <laughs> and he's already, already setting the bar low for himself <laughs> so there he's like the bar, right <laughs> All right. I'm just I'm just trying to help you guys out. I've got a All right. Well, go ahead and lead us All off right, there. Andy, yeah. it off. All right. So I I am starting with I I think probably for me uh, one of the most obvious ones. Um, but it's a film I really love, and it's it's with a director that I I you know more recently have issues with, but 
back at this point in his uh, career, I didn't have as many issues with him. Uh, it is Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby from 1968. Um, this is just... Such a creepy film. I love it. And, uh, of course, you have Rosemary, who dreams that she's raped, but her husband's like, no, 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 I just made love to you in your sleep last night. <laughs> and then, as it turns out, <laughs> she keeps having all these issues, and, and everybody, like, everybody is pretty much gaslighting her. Um, because, as it turns out, it's a whole group of uh, Satan worshippers, and they they had the devil come, and uh, she's now having uh, the devil's child. It's such a great horror movie. I love it. First choice, Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> no, no, no. We just did it in your sleep. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You're fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Classic. Classic yeah. gaslighting. Yes. <laughs> was that a steal from anybody? No. It was on my list, but it was not a steal. Because I've never right. seen it. I've seen bits and pieces, but it's... it's what? I don't know. I have Polanski issues and the subject matter. I just... Eh. No. I think I saw... Uh, a, yeah excerpts on like WGN as a kid and that's I have horrible childhood memories because I saw I think it was in fourth grade I saw like the edited for TV version of The Exorcist so like horror movies on TV at that time just ugh, I just have a can't do it <laughs> don't want to but no great pick uh, definitely yeah well it's it's yeah. worth watching and it's before he turned into super creep so <laughs> so i feel more okay watching those pre uh uh Tate murder films all right okay. steve what's your uh, what's your first uh my first um let's see let's go with this one and uh this is one that i i have not seen in a while but as i was looking at it i thought oh my gosh this is the perfect Example of this of when you've got a system telling somebody, no, 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 you're imagining things. This really is your kid. No, no, no. Even if he's a few inches shorter, no, no, no. It's still your kid. And she's like, no, no, no. He's not my kid. Oh, well, we'll put you in a mental hospital because clearly you're not buying into what we're telling you. And Clint Eastwood's 2008 Changeling with Angelina Jolie, which uh, Eastwood is sort of hit or miss for me. And this is one that really surprised me because I wasn't, I think the marketing didn't know what to make of this movie at that time. And so I wasn't sure what to expect if this was going to be like a police procedural of like getting into, you know, the mystery of finding this kid. And there, there are aspects of that. Uh, but it's one that, I haven't seen in a while and I think I'm probably going to revisit because it's, uh, as I've just, you know, in exploring the story on this, I thought, yeah, this, this one I really enjoyed and it's before it was, you know, ranking and flick charting stuff. So I'm kind of curious where this one's going to fall, but that's my first one is, uh, Changeling. Andy, was that a steal? It's a really interesting movie. Uh, it's, it was on my yeah. list. It was on my list, but not a steal. It wasn't one of my three that I was going to go with. It was a backup um, because of all of that and the fact that it's a true story. It just yeah. blows my mind that this is something that really yeah. happened. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's not one of my favorite Eastwood films, but it's certainly one that I found to be a very interesting story. It's, I, it's, I'm in the same place. It was, it, it was a backup for mm -hmm. me, too. It's lucky it didn't make my top three um, because I'm, I'm right with you. It is a classic example. Uh, and God, the true story just makes yeah. my heart sink. Um, uh, great pick. My my first one is one that it, it was based on a book that I uh, I enjoyed. It was a tough read. They made the movie and I didn't like the movie as much. Uh, but I, I it's actually gotten better in in hindsight. The movie for me, it's uh, the uh, 2016 film, The Girl on the Train, uh, which in, in which we use alcohol abuse uh, to plant these sort of false uh, memories in our protagonist here. It creates an incredibly unreliable narrator and uh, it, a really dark and manipulative uh, experience and uh, a, a, a pretty solid thriller mystery, too. So I, I um, it's definitely worth reading if you haven't read the Paula Hawkins novel. Uh, and I think it's worth seeing, particularly as a good example of of gaslighting in a horribly damaging relationship i haven't read the Neither book or seen I. the movie because i heard oh, the sorry, heard the movie sorry. was not not so good <laughs> i i may i may read the book but yeah based on your stellar glowing review of the film maybe i'll just stick with the book yeah it's not yeah. it's not stellar glowing but yeah. it is a 6.5 okay. on the imb it just it just skids right over <laughs> Okay. screeches right over okay. the six star rule. It's, it is, it, it's better. I think Emily Blunt is, is really 
you know, quite good. And uh, um, so the the cast is strong. It's it, it's you know, see it if it if it streams someday past you okay. late at night, you should definitely see it. It's a it, it is a story of some. It's like in that Gone Girl category of manipulation. Like it's dark. Um, so you know, get ready for that. But okay. Yeah, there you go. Girl on the train. Hmm. Andy, number two. For my second one, I am looking at uh, a 1955 film uh, directed by Henri-Georges Clouseau. It is Les Diaboliques, which is uh, The Devils. It is a really interesting psychological thriller about uh, some some teachers at a uh, kind of a, a school in France, where um, they they these two women conspire, it's it's the the woman and um, her husband's mistress conspire to murder the woman's husband, and they do so. But then the body disappears, and then this woman, it's like all these strange things keep happening. Like, and is she losing her mind? Is her husband a ghost? Is he haunting this place? What's going on? And then, of course, there's the ending, which I don't want to spoil in case people haven't seen it. But uh, it's it's kind of a really interesting kind of uh, creepy movie as you learn kind of that this woman is, you know, in kind of a strange plan being uh, driven crazy and uh, driven to a point which, I, again, I don't want to get to the ending. It's it's kind of hard to talk about it without going into too much depth with it, but it's a really interesting uh, twist at the ending. And... Um, but it's it's kind of difficult because it's watching this woman kind of you know being driven to a place where she thinks this place is haunted by her husband's spirit and it's a it's a pretty interesting creepy little uh, psychological thriller so that's my second choice I haven't seen it neither have I oh, oh yeah. interesting <clears throat> oh it's okay it's out there on Canopy and Criterion and yeah it's and, a Criterion so, thing no, so if I've, you've got that check it out that it's it's always been out there but I just never had the incentive so yeah okay Andy patient zero it is on this one I will, I will. <laughs> yeah just just make sure you avoid the uh, the, the remake 96. Um, in the mid 90s with Sharon Stone oh, okay. and oh, Kathy okay. Bates uh, Isabella Johnny um, I've I haven't seen it but I have never heard a good <laughs> okay. thing about it so that's one, well, to, one to add avoid. to my holiday weekend viewing so okay there you go I look forward okay. to reading your review all right, Steve. All right, Steve, what's next? Okay, uh, let's see. Where do I go here? I think I will do this one. Is this where I want to go? <laughs> um, yeah, I'll do this one. I, I, I guess it's... We're getting to gray areas on this one as to whether it's really gaslighting. I don't know, because it's... You, you do have a character that's being manipulated... But I guess the manipulation doesn't come from trying to drive them crazy. I think the insanity comes from after certain events. But I'm I'm talking about uh, the Hitchcock classic Vertigo, where we've got you know Jimmy Stewart and he's got the you know fear of heights and vertigo and all that, and he's manipulated because of the those weaknesses uh, to play a role in a in a in a plot. Uh, but I, it's after that that he starts to you know think he's losing his mind. He starts seeing this woman other places. So I, it's sort of gaslighting, but not really. I I don't know. So I felt like it's sort of close enough, um, and it's one that I haven't revisited in a long time. So I probably will. Um, that's that's my second pick there, Vertigo. Such a great yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, such a great movie. I think that's. I think you could call it gaslighting. It, it's an odd one, though. The the fact that they go yeah. through such a process with him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm doing my Hitchcock um, sound film a revisit kind of series personally. And uh, that's something I'm going to have to think about as I rewatch that one. Is look at it in the gaslighting context mm, yeah. and really kind of gauge you know how it fits. It probably does because a lot of movies do now that you, once you see it, it's like one of those <laughs> lenticular posters, like it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my uh, second film is a 2002 film, Enough, 
uh, with uh, Jennifer Lopez and Billy Campbell and Juliette Lewis. And this is one of those films where um, is it, there's there's the gaslighting where the victim uh, doesn't know that they're being gaslit uh, and the world around them is ch- it makes them question the world around them. And then there's the other side, the emotional abuse side, where the victim absolutely knows that they're being gaslit, but everybody else does. It's the Cassandra complex where you can see the future, but nobody believes you. Uh, that's that's sort of this other emotional abuse sort of relationship gaslighting. That's what's going on in Enough. Uh, it's a lot of, you know, blame the victim it ends up being a horrifying uh, you know, chase uh, much more of a thriller uh, as uh, Billy Campbell is chasing her down. It starts insidiously enough where he's he doesn't tell her, but he picks up their child from school and she goes into a panic. All these things to make her start to feel like she's a little bit broken. Uh, and uh, and then it becomes uh, one of those empowering m- movies where she goes and she gets trained and she, you know, it's I, OK. Who, who am I saying? Kidding. This is the art of self-defense, but with Jennifer Lopez and. Uh, so, uh, it is, um, I, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember it being a a tight little thriller. It was, um, you know, it was a fun, uh, insofar as these things are fun, fun uh, excuse to see Jennifer Lopez kick some ass. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I like Nicholas Kazan, um, as a writer, he's written some things that I'm, I'm a fan of also some things that I'm not, but I'm a fan of, I was a fan of this. So there you go. I haven't seen it. No, neither have I. I like that. It didn't. It didn't look yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> you, well, I mean, yeah. you know, your your review of it is like, oh, maybe I should check it out. But uh, I just remember at the time, I'm like, oh, it doesn't sound very good. But well, uh, maybe it's it, worth certainly at. in the context of emotional abuse in a relationship and an ass kicking movie. Uh, you can't you can't do a better mashup than enough. Okay, wait. Yes, you can, but yeah. enough is still in the running. How about that? <laughs> solid five. Solid five point seven on the IMDb scale. Yeah, it's barely there. So, it's and, barely. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I think the issue is it's I see it's PG thirteen, so I yeah. don't know if they softened some things in that led to I don't I don't know, but yeah. it's one that eh, you know what you yeah. know who you see this for actually Billy Campbell is. He's not a nice guy in the, and he's he's really good at being a not nice guy. Uh, and, you know, for those of us who really loved him as Cliff in The Rocketeer, uh, when you yeah. see him playing this role, <laughs> you don't like him anymore uh, as The Rocketeer. So there's that. Okay. All right. Andy, number one pick, your right, favorite for, gaslighting movie. For my final choice. I, I'm going with one that, you know, the gaslighting portion of it is a relatively small portion of the film. It's a film that I really love. And I, I guess I never really put it in context of gaslighting. And I'm like, gosh, that's kind of dark and diabolical, which I, I knew the, it was dark and diabolical in the movie. Um, but I always had to chuckle about it because of the way that it plays out. Steel. I can feel it. I can feel it in your setup. <laughs> It is, of course, the the absolutely brilliant Cut. Amelie by Jean-Pierre <laughs> Junet, 2001 um, uh, romantic comedy. But <laughs> largely, it is the very specific story about you know she she Amelie is you know goes on all these little kind of side adventures, I guess you could call them, with the different people in her uh, life. And uh, there's this <laughs> particular. Uh, like fruit stand that she stops by and the uh, the the owner of it is terrible to his uh, to his assistant. And so she decides to basically gaslight him and make him think he's crazy. She she messes up his shoelaces. She changes the light bulbs in his house so that they flicker and she changes his alarm clock. So he gets to work at the wrong time. She changes his doorknobs. She just she she really does everything she can to make him think he's losing his mind. And uh, it's it's kind of a really strange thing to do uh, just to help this uh this employee out um and it's it's actually pretty dark and and evil when you think about it but in context of a romantic comedy it ends up just being kind of funny but anyway that's my final pick amelie such a hard steal for me uh if only because i think you neglected to say the best one where she changes the speed dial from mother to the psychiatric hospital i (laughs) love that (laughs) 
<laughs> it has been. I don't. I don't think I've seen this since it first came out. So oh, it's wow. it's really hazy recollection on that. So I I don't remember the story that well for this one to have come come to mind. And I in my searches it came up, and I'm like, well, I don't remember this enough to to say, oh yeah, I remember that piece strongly. So it's one that I remember enjoying, but again, net, not coming back to. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's. Oh, I think yeah. it's worth checking oh, out. Yeah. I love I the movie. Yeah. So there we are. All right, Steve, cool. you're number one. All right. Uh, I, okay. Um, yeah, I just watched this recently, and I remember the first time I saw it. Saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good adaptation." And the second time, just seeing uh, just a, a darker co- comic side to the story in Gone Girl. Um, so I, I think probably it's again, gaslighting. It's not so much. She's trying to, it is about the controlling piece. And it's such a, um, both of these people are horrible people in the games they play with each other. Uh, but I think just the, the main story of a woman who is just manipulating her own, creating her own disappearance. Um, ugh, yeah, it's. That that's my number one. Uh, I love a good Fincher, and uh, I'm waiting to see what he does next. But yeah, that's my number one. Gone Girl. That's an interesting one. They are uh, <laughs> they are terrible people. That's for sure. <laughs> can can you hear my dog howling in the background? No, I just heard a bark. Uh, he's uh, whenever a siren goes by, he feels like it's the call oh. of the wild, and he starts baying at our window. <laughs> And that's what's going on. I had to mute for a second. He's, yeah, see, yeah, I mean, he's full on at the moon kind of a thing. He's, he's like, my people, rise up. Um, yes, exactly. Gone, gone Girl, I, you know, that's that's one of those where it's like the, the world is being changed and, you know, nobody else believes you kind of yeah. gaslighting experiences. And I, I really enjoyed Gone Girl, I think, more than others. I can't get anybody around here to watch it with me anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, well, just show it to your son. Ah, yeah, that's a great point. Oh, <laughs> yes. Fertile grounds, Andy. Thank you for the reminder. Uh, well, my number one pick was Amelie uh, because it's amazing. But now I'm going to have to go to a backup and I'm going to have to go to that. Uh, I, I've never thought of it this way uh i didn't even really it it is not a movie that aged well as a comedy but i'm gonna say it because it it's uh, one of those classic gaslighting things when you have somebody who you don't like and they get amnesia the proper response is not to pretend that they're married to you and make a fool of them. The proper response is to get the medical help. That's what I would say to Kurt Russell in Overboard. The whole movie oh, yes. is gaslighting. Uh, and we should be ashamed that we find it so funny because it's not. And uh, I am amazed that this movie got remade, <laughs> given that context. Yes. Uh, and, and so... Uh, no, no disrespect to uh, was that Anna Faris, um, yeah. But my goodness, uh, this is this is not a charming story, and uh, it, you know, I, I know we can look at it with whatever eyes we bring to it, but it's when you look at it from the concept of context of gaslighting, it's pretty grim. Uh, so there you go, Overboard. Were you guys fans of Overboard? I was, yeah, uh, it's in been the eighties, uh, but I, I haven't was, seen it. Yeah, yeah, it was that whole Kurt Russell, you yeah. know, Overboard, Captain Ron era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that it holds up, but I'm with you. I mean, 1987 I, is a long yeah. time ago. That's when I would have seen it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I saw it again in college at some point. Uh, but it's it's uh, I, I was watching clips of it this morning and, and watching the trailer again to get up to speed. And it's uh, it's pretty yeah. it's pretty funny in this context <laughs> that it's it's so amusingly mean spirited. Somebody needs to do a recut of the trailer with some uh, psychological thriller score (laughs) and just turn it into like the dark gaslighting version of the of the film. Yeah. Yes. Truly. There you go. Get to work on that. Listeners. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, there's our list. So we are looking at uh, Spellbound. This is our first Hitchcock movie on the show, believe it or not. Um, So. What are we going to do about Spellbound? I feel like we have to do dream sequences. Like that oh, is like yeah. a yeah. foundation right. of the movie. Yes. <laughs> right. 
And I'll be disappointed if no one puts Dreamscape on their list. Dreamscape is already on. That Shouldn't that be on all three of our lists? Uh, is there an emoji oh for gosh. a triple steal? Um, I think I was thinking about that. I was thinking about uh, you know uh, Salvador Dali. Uh, other great Salvador Dali movies, movie impacts, uh, but maybe Dream Sequence is enough. I think Dream Sequence is. Uh, yeah, I think there, the Salvador yeah. Dali one is the interview. Yeah, very yeah. Limited list. it's very yeah. short. Um, and the other, uh, how about uh, I'm uh, uh, what we're going to be called? I'm a terrible psychotherapist. Movies. Why don't we just say, <laughs> just like <laughs> me and my shrink? <laughs> Let's just yeah. do me and my shrink. Okay. Me, and my, me and my shrink. Great. <laughs> Is <laughs> is this the one that has the POV with the gun? It's yes. Been, okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember because that was that was like I don't know the first time I recall. See, I guess you don't see a lot of POV stuff in the you know when you're dealing with big cameras back in 1945. I don't think they were doing a lot of POV stuff. So I'm just trying to remember which Hitchcock this is because I remembered. Salvador Dali, but I'm trying to remember when I did my Hitchcock. Yeah, we, could binge. Do, we could do interesting, like uh, films with an interesting POV. Yeah, uh, um, you know, I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah, unique yeah. POV stuff. Yeah. All right, so dream sequences, me and my shrink, and POV. <laughs> yes, okay. I like it. All right. Well, the list is going up, everybody. So get your votes Jeez. in, and we will figure out what we're going to talk about I next love week. It, how it dings that it's already in before you finish talking about it. How do you do that I, so fast? I am a master. All right. Uh, this is a good list. Uh, uh, you know, see all of the movies except uh, Overboard on our list today. <laughs> and uh, definitely see Amelie twice. And uh, that's uh, all we got. Thank you, Steve and Andy. What's the first thing you guys are going to see this weekend? Well, I got to watch Spellbound. I guess I'm going to sit down and watch... Diabolicu? Diabolicu. I'm going to have Diabolicu while having some barbecue on a nice Memorial Day weekend. I don't know. I, I'm, but I'm, I'm, tr- I'm, I'm, I want to use this weekend. Uh, there's movies I want to revisit, like Fury, and I haven't seen Saving Private Ryan in a long time, but I don't know that the family's going to be up for those types of things. But I'm trying to maybe squeeze one of those in nice. this weekend on a Memorial Day weekend. So. Good plan. Good plan. Well, yeah. uh, that's uh, this has been a great conversation. As always, thank you all for this fine uh, Saturday matinee. Thank you for supporting us over on Patreon.com slash The Next Reel uh, and uh, helping us do what we do, paying for the costs of producing the show and keeping it coming to you. Uh, thank you, everybody. If you haven't uh, considered supporting us if you're catching this for free on patreon we sure uh, would uh, appreciate you considering uh, throwing us a couple of bucks you get access to all kinds of fun stuff you can join us on our discord channel and uh, talk to all the other movie lovers who uh, like to hang out and talk about movies it's really fun uh that's all i got andy steve have a great weekend see ya outdoor hondo andy according to my friend internet this is what letterboxd is Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.